David Spada is a successful attorney whose dream was to become a sports talk show host. Elliot Harris is a Chicago sports columnist who wanted to expand his media presence. In the next hour, they combine their talents and love of sports and women by interviewing former professional athletes and lovely ladies on sports and torts. But keeping the boys out of trouble isn't always easy because when David and Elliot are together, they have more fun than should be legal. Welcome to Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris. Today we have a couple of pro football Hall of Famers, one of whom died recently. David and I just came back from the 2013 Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement weekend where we spent some time with one of Art Donovan's representatives and she said that he was in hospice care and then a couple days later Art Donovan died. Age 89, a Baltimore Colt defensive tackle who gained fame after his career being on David Letterman, being incredibly entertaining. We have an interview that David and I did a few weeks ago with Mr. Donovan, and we also have Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenerud. First off, Art Donovan. Okay, I have a question. I've seen the year of your birth listed as 1924 or 1925. Which one was it? 24. I lied a year, so we didn't know I was 39 my last year. So you made yourself younger so you could keep playing in the NFL? Yeah, I lied. (laughs) I've had a long life. A productive life as well. Yeah, it turned out okay. How did you end up going to Boston College for college? You're from New York. New York hates Boston people. I'm from the Bronx. Born and raised in the Bronx. And I'm very, very proud of that. I know I went to Boston. I went to Notre Dame for a semester, and I came back after World War II, and they really didn't want me. So I went to Big C, and it turned out great. Now, what I want to know is, your father was a, a famous boxing referee. Your grandfather was world middleweight champions and the 1870s. How did you not end up in a boxing ring? Me? My yeah. father worked at the New York Athletic Club for 55 years. The boxing instructor. His father had the job before him. And uh, I used to go down on Saturday mornings he had a, a boys' club, all the members, sons, and anyhow, I'd have to fight the members' sons. And I had a hundred fights and lost them all. My father would say, let this kid beat you. 
so by the time I was uh, maybe 18, I was punk truck. You mentioned you were at Notre Dame. Was Frank Leahy your coach? Yes. What was he like? Uh, you can't talk about the dead. <laughs> so, I think I won't answer that question. You know, it, it's a funny thing that I thought out there I was better than maybe half, half the tackle. And uh, when the war was over, I met uh, the coach, Ray Krause, out in California. <laughs> and he said to me, are you coming back to school? And I said, yes, I'd like to come. But Ray uh, had his pets, and I wasn't one of his pets. I had a, a fight. One of his pets, a tackle, was holding me. And I could tell him, hey, don't hold me, okay? If you can't block me, don't hold me. So he did it a couple more times. I finally got sick and tired of it. And I hit him with a couple of punches, and then we got into a real fight, and Lady said, all right, shake hands, and I said, I'm not going to shake hands, he don't like me, and I certainly don't like him, so that was it, I think that was my ticket out of ND. What, what did your family think after all that happened and uh, you're no longer oh, at Notre Dame? My mother, my mother was in shock. But I'll tell you the truth, babe. I really wanted to go to Fordham. It was a definite walk from my house and I was always a Fordham fan. In fact, to watch them practice in the afternoon, they, the coaches, the priests used to go in and let us watch practice uh, of, the, of like the seven blocks of granite. And I was just happy. So I went over after the war. I saw the the athletic director, and he gave, he said, look, we're disbanding uh, intercollegiate football fans. So if I were you, I'd go to Boston College. And I made my mind up. Here I go. I think you had even a harder time in the war. You were in some famous battles with the Barrett Battle of Iwo Jima? Uh, I was I was on the two islands and I was I saw a, a lot of service 
So a lot of other guys did too. A guy got played a long time ago. I signed up to 11 years. Gino Marchetti, hell, he was in the battle of the balls. So a lot of guys saw a lot of so the battle of the bulge wasn't the battle to lose weight. Uh, that was me. <laughs> they used to say, hey, uh, run around, Donovan, you're killing the grass. And if I tell you the truth, I never, never worked out in the offseason. I never ran. I never did. Anything but the first day of full practice is the first time I ran around the field because I figured I had to serve my energy. Your first three years in the league, you played for three different teams and they all went out of business. Did you that's think, right. Did you think you were that's bad how luck? Good. Hey, that's how good we were. Oh, geez. It was. It was a catastrophe, but but the we came back to Baltimore, and after the first year, they hired we you back from the Browns, and uh, that was that was the beginning of a great football team. And we enjoyed it. We had a great coach and a great football team. Growing up as a kid, did you go to many baseball games at Yankee Stadium? Every afternoon. At the, it was my father grew up with the, the business manager of the uh, the, the business manager of the Yankees and the Giants. So he'd give my father, they both would give him. They grew up in a place called Hell's Kitchen. It was the Irish section of Manhattan, right on the Hudson River, 10th Avenue. And, uh, oh, I guess it was about... Maybe twenty bucks, and uh, I had I had season tickets. There, for any game I wanted to go to, but uh, I didn't go to all of them. I went to some. The only thing you had to pay was fifteen cents sales tax, so I could down. What was Weeb Eubank like as a coach? Weeb Eubank? Yes. Uh, he was a, a great coach, but a great coach. We call him a little weasel SOP, but he taught us the game. He became a lot better coach when the Colts got a quarterback named Johnny Unitas, though. Uh, we knew, yes, we knew, though, we were 
getting better. Uh, before John came, we had a couple of quarterbacks who were good, real good. And uh, one time we went and played Green Bay, and they were pretty, uh, excuse me, they were pretty good. And uh, we beat them, and we got on the bus uh, up in Green Bay. And Gino Marchetti says to me, hey, that's all. How good do you think we are? And I said, Gino, I think this is the beginning of uh, a good football team. And we certainly, when you that's when you were there. And he says, he's a weasel. But he's a good coach. And that was it. How did you get the nickname Fatso? I don't know. Because all I am is muscle. And that's a lot of BS too. <laughs> I could never I could never run. But he taught taught us uh the uh Keen defense and right up my alley. I knew what the guy in front of me was doing before the play started. But I'll tell you, one guy I played against was good, was Stan Jones. You remember that? With the Bears. The Bears. He was a tough guy. The only thing, he wasn't very good at pass protection. So, you know, they threw the ball a lot. And, uh, uh, I was saying, uh, he told me one time that uh, we played and they had his whole family there. And he says, uh, uh, what was he going to do? And he said, I played against you, and I had the loveliest day of my career. You ruined my day, and we became great friends. Oh, well, it was fun. Uh, and it was fun against playing the Bears. They had that old time band out in center field. And they used to play a lot of marching songs. And we were watching up. And we, like, make out, we were marching with their music. And they got a great kick out of that. And so did we. What was that 1958 game like against the Giants? I got a great kick out of it. Because I only lived four miles from the Yankees. Four miles from the stadium. And when I got introduced, everybody, all my neighbors, booed me. So it was, it was a great day.
great day. How did you end up on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? He was the nicest man I've ever met on television. And I was sitting in the room before I went on, and the guy says to me, Hey, there's a man out here, and he wants to meet you. I said, oh, he could have told me what to do, and I went out, and it was uh, Walter Concrete, and he says he wanted to meet me, and I, I, I couldn't really believe it, and he said to me, young man, don't ever change, just tell the truth. And you'll be okay. And to me, that was a, that was the nicest thing that I ever ever said or somebody said to me. And uh, I just, I mean, I uh, I could get over Walter Conkley saying to a defensive tackle that he enjoyed me. And uh, I said, Mr. Cockwright, thank you very much. That's the nicest thing. Uh, that's the best thing anybody ever said to me. And the second best team was Johnny Carson's band. Uh, the guy that used to really dress up. And he come walking they came walking over the stage, and the whole band, band congratulated me and said, you should be on at least once a week. So that was it. That 58 game, Frank Gifford insists to this day that he, he got the first down. What do you say he to that? Did, he did not make it twice. The first time, Marchetti and I made the tackle. Big Daddy jumped over and he broke his leg. Uh, don't those leg. The second one, at the overtime, Gino wasn't even in the game. He was sitting under the goalpost watching. And the fella came over who was another hell of a football player named uh, Odell Bracey from uh, South Dakota University, who was another fine football player. He was screaming, I made that, I made that, and their coach was hollering. And I said, hey, Frank, you didn't make it. Why don't you stop the bullshit and get back in the huddle? And that was it. And he and I became friends ever since. What offensive lineman gave you trouble? Everybody. I don't think so. <laughs> what am I? What am I going to say? They're all 
they wouldn't be in the league if they weren't good football players. And it was, it was a, it was a battle. These guys were good football players. All of them. And some of them, and you own them, and you own some of them. But I wouldn't say which was the best, or which was, uh, uh any better than they better young. I'm being truthful. I asked Gino Marchetti about that chicken eating contest, and he says <laughs> that Art likes to embellish stories. Uh, you know, who was it? It was, uh, it was Gino and, uh, Don Joyce. But Joyce, Joyce, he could not eat anybody. I mean, he, uh, he'd be, there was nobody could be me eating hot dogs. I loved hot dogs. And I, I guess I went home one time. And on my way back, I went through the Holland Tunnel. And there was a guy selling hot dogs. I know of a, 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 a truck. He had a real fancy truck. I don't know, but I made, I ate so many that uh, I had to stop. I ran out of money. So the next time I stopped was oh, about four months later when I found him out. And he said he didn't know who I was or where I came from. He says, Jesus, where you been? I really miss you. You're the best customer I ever had. <laughs> oh, we had a lot of great times. A lot of great stories. These guys just don't don't have the fun we had. We were we it was a great I think it was it was the greatest in uh, in football history because the guys were old naturally and uh, we just had more fun. And you certainly weren't playing for the money. Well, you know, in those days, we made good money. We don't make money like they now stuff. We made they make today paying a quarterback a hundred twenty million dollars. Jeez, I mean that's a lot of hot dogs. I couldn't eat that many. Are you still tr- drinking Schlitz beer every day? Sure. No, I had to give it up. For, uh, for four months, I didn't have one. I got uh, I got an infection in my bladder. Uh, I, uh, I got, they told me, I had cancer in uh, my uh, my bowel, is in my 
to bow, and I spent about two, two different times. So they didn't, uh, they wouldn't let me eat uh, beer. So I had to give up the slits and the hot dogs. So the only slits I ever had in the four months was one slits with the doctor in the hospital. And we got caught by his boss, and he nearly got fired. What was it like after your book came out, Fatso, in the mid-'80s, and then you became almost like a regular with David Letterman on television? Well, uh, I don't know. Uh, my wife was one that, and I didn't want to write a book. Oh. I listen, I'll tell you the God's honest truth. I'm an Irish Catholic and I the only book I read in my life was the catechism, going to Catholic school. And I'm telling you the God's honest truth. What I enjoyed on David Letterman was you and Julia Child the time you, you were cooking. Oh, jeez. See, this, I said, uh, this is, I didn't know Julia Charles. And I said, away oh, from Miss Charles, I thought she, the way she talked, she was uh, uh, from England, you know. And uh, uh, she says, Cambridge. I says, Cambridge, Maryland? No. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, I went to Boston College. And I used to go over to the square in some place, a square, and drink beer in Cambridge. And she said to me, I don't drink beer. I said, you're missing something. But she was a nice lady, and I tell you too, we got drunk. And uh, that girl, who was the guy on the show? Oh, it was a Letterman show. And he got drunk. Then we were drinking uh, uh, cognac. And then at the end of the show, he and she and I were in the back of a, uh, uh, a little small, uh, convertible, and I couldn't get out of the chair. <laughs> so they had to stop and get out of first. I left my rear end But it was fun. Also, fun, I have to imagine, would be you having the distinction of being the first Baltimore Colt to make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You were in the class of 1968, along with people like uh, Marion Motley and Crazy Lakes Hurst, Charlie Trippy. What was that like? 
can I say? I, I just was lucky to play with great football players. And a, a coach that who died will leave and, and uh, guys played alongside of me. Mark Eddy, uh Don Joyce, Ray Krause, uh, just fine football players. Yeah, don't, and they don't, made forget, it. Yeah, don't forget Big Daddy Lipscomb. Uh, he was all right, but uh, he couldn't. We had a guy from Chicago named Tom Finnan. Was better than it, but Finnan, Finnan was sort of a little bit of a wild man. He was from Chicago, and when he retired, he became a Chicago policeman. And you ask anybody who played, Finnan was better than Big Daddy, but that Big Daddy. Yes, and all that. That you know, hey, I saw Big Daddy. You know, but Finn was a better football player. Who was the best player you ever saw play? Lenny Moore. What? What made him so good? He could have been all. He was all pro defense. All pro. He could have been all pro. Defense, he was all pro offense. Just a hell of a football player. He won the Brad, he won the Penn State, and he played under uh, Joe Paterno and uh, the other coach at Brown. That was his, his coach at Brown. But he could do anything. Is there one play in your career that stands out as a favorite? Play? No, there's plenty. Can you... I can't say one play. I just, I was happy. I played with a great football team, with a great bunch of guys. And I think the greatest thing that I ever heard a guy say about the Baltimore Colts was a great linebacker from Detroit. Joe Schmidt said to me, you know what? I wish I had played with you guys. You guys really have a lot of fun. And you could. And he's another great friend of mine. I made a a lot of great friends just playing, playing against them. What about Jim? I, what about Jim Brown? I, Jim Brown, he's the best, maybe the best runner, but not the best player. He didn't block, but he could run. Can, can you believe that a former teammate of yours went on to be the most successful coach in history in Don Shula? Well, sure, when he was playing, he, I, and another wild man, 
named Bill Pellington, who was a hell of a football player. We bought a house, and we lived together. And sure, Ben was as wild as we were. I'm serious. What was, the wild, then, what was the wildest thing you guys ever did? Uh, we uh, get in a house and we wrestle those two guys against me. And they'd get me down and get me, tear me over and start walloping, walloping my ass. And I get laughing so hard I couldn't do anything. And they just beat the hell out of me. But I loved it. How did you guys not end up in jail with all these shenanigans? Oh, well, I think I was stronger than either one. But uh, that drove them together. But Gino, Gino was quick. I mean, he was, he was, he was fast. He's the best bass rusher I've seen. He, uh, uh, maybe the run, not as good, but the pass rush, then I don't think anybody was any better than him. May Art Donovan rest in peace. Thank him for all the great memories he brought to Baltimore Colts football fans and folks who watched him on David Letterman. When we come back, we will have... Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenerud. You are listening to Sports and Torts on TalkZone.com.